Welcome to the first season of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up in bold, courageous faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough and hope was dim, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Don Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who've tackled difficult life crises head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Well, hey, it's great to be with all of you once again on Arise, Esther. This is Dawn, your podcast host. And on this interview, I had the joy of speaking to Janet Holm McHenry. She's an award-winning author. And then right after we had this interview, she won the Golden Score prestigious honor of the Jennifer Kennedy Dean Award. So you're going to enjoy this interview with Janet Holm McHenry. Today, my guest, this is a woman who is not only spiritually healthy, but physically healthy. And you might be wondering why I'm saying that. Well, this is the woman who has designed the prayer walk. And Janet McHenry is a speaker. She's a writer. She's a beautiful a prayer warrior whose prayer walking practices have been featured in national magazines, including Health Magazine. And she and her husband, her rancher husband, Craig, live in Sierra Valley. And we're going to have to hear where that is in Northern California somewhere. She taught high school English and she has raised four children. I would ask you to welcome with me on a rise, Esther, Janet. Welcome, Janet. Hey, thanks for having me here. What a pleasure and a privilege. So <laughs> We're so glad that you are with us, and I'm excited to get into this whole thing on the prayer walk. But first, yeah, you have to tell us, where are you and your rancher husband, Craig? Where, where do you reside? We live about an hour north of Lake Tahoe, which is a, a huge alpine lake in the northern Sierra. And so you, if you picture our valley, it's just like Lake Tahoe, except without the water. <laughs> mm, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I bet you've circled uh, the property there many times with prayer and walking and interceding. <laughs> I just about had to chase a cow that was out on the road last night. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so. And other adventures, I'm sure. All kinds of adventures, wildlife chasing me as well when I prayer walk the streets of my oh, community. Man. Good thing you know. Good thing you know how to pray. Well, let's get into Absolutely. this then. How in the world did this start? How did you become a prayer warrior? And you're known as a prayer warrior. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, many years ago, uh, over 20 years now, um, I found myself in a physical mess. I was huffing and puffing, going up and down stairs, and I needed painkillers to get to sleep at night because my hips and joints hurt so bad. I was way overweight, and uh, the most worst moment, I think, was when I walked out my back door and I found myself in a crumpled heap because my knee had given way. So I, I knew I needed to do something about my health, but I also knew that for some time God had been calling me to a deeper life of prayer. And uh, so I decided that I would get up a little bit earlier the next day. And because I'm a multitasking woman, I decided I would sort of take care of prayer as I walked. 
that's as simply as I, as it started, I was walking and praying and there was a lot of minus in my prayers, my family, my marriage, my job at the high school and uh, so forth. And then that kind of all changed one day when I was out walking, it wasn't even six o'clock in the morning yet. And I saw what I uh, call a single daddy's ballet. It was a young man who pulled up in the dark and he parked diagonally in front of this little daycare center on the other end of Main Street from where I live. And he got out and he picked up this blanketed bundle and handed his little girl over to uh, Cheryl, the daycare worker up on the sidewalk. And just as he did that, that little girl said, bye daddy, I love you. And I knew right at that minute that God had me out on the streets of my community, less for the minus of my own prayers, but more for the needs of the others around me. So I began to ask God to help me see the needs in my community, such as a young man who was leaving his little girl in the hands of a daycare worker for about 11 hours that day while he commuted about an hour to Reno to go work and then come back and pick up the pieces in the evening. I prayed for him. Then I started looking around and I prayed for the businesses up and down Main Street, the owners, that God would bless them, would favor them, that they would know that that favor was coming for God, from God and that they would turn their lives over to him and serve and love him. So that's basically how, how it started and uh, became, uh, I really believe, a ministry and a call on my life to pray for my town. It's beautiful. And, you know, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, okay, you look like you've probably lost some weight as well then yeah. in the process of all that. I want to hear about that journey. But that's got to be uh, very ch life-changing for you. How did you feel yourself changing when you began to move the focus from praying for you and there's nothing wrong with that right your your needs that was probably very therapeutic to to release that burden to god but you moved beyond that how did that change you when you began to what feel the burdens of others or care for the burdens and acknowledge other people's pain what did god do in your life well, I, I experienced three kinds of changes, uh, certainly physical changes. Within the first few months, I lost two dress sizes and, and all those aches and pains went away. But there were also emotional and spiritual changes in my life that I experienced. Um, I believe because of the outward focus of prayer walking, you know, I, it's not that I stopped praying for my family, my husband, our marriage, things like that. But I was more uh, focused on the needs of my neighbors, what the things they might be going through, their circumstances. And often that, I think that helped me put in perspective what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So I realized, you know, one day that uh, the depression had clouded most of my adult life, so much so that I was like hiding in closets and crying so my family wouldn't be too concerned about mom falling apart, you know? Mm. Plus I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher at school, I'm a teacher at church. We don't want those people falling apart, right? But I was. So one morning I was in the kitchen and making lunches for the kids for school. And my son, Josh came in and he said, mom, what are you doing? And I looked down and I looked at him and I said, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? He goes, no mom, you were singing. 
know, and he kind of shook his head laughing, walking back out. And, you know, that's because he'd never heard his mom singing oh. before seven in the morning, you know? Yeah. Wow. So, so there were those emotional changes, but also some spiritual changes in my life as well. Um, a growing sense of dependency on God and uh, lots of the irrational fears that uh, I had experienced in, you know, in my life, you know, worries about kids and, and so forth. And I think there's a difference between godly caution and irrational fears. You know, yeah, godly caution is God saying, you know, you know, be concerned about this. Your child just started driving, you know, pray for him or her. And the other is like irrational fears that we're worried about everything that could or couldn't, won't happen, you know, everything. And um, such as, I mean, we'd lived in Kansas for years when my husband was in the military. Uh, and so when we moved here, I began thinking, okay, when the tornado whips through, where am I going to go? I mean, it was just silly stuff like that. But I realized one morning that those were gone as well. Uh, because there's this one dark area where I prayer walk on Main Street. And I was walking at that time, uh, you know, from about five to six in the morning. It was usually dark. And as I would approach that dark area, I would just have this sense of spiritual oppression, something that's wanting me to turn around and go back home. Mm -hmm. In other words, to not pray for my town, right? Right. So, but as I began uh, facing that fear and then praying against it, you know, asking God to remove it, and uh, I realized it wasn't there anymore. And that, you know, as I was facing my fears, God was helping me conquer them. And uh, so I've done some, some things since then that have been kind of fun that, uh, you know, have proven that, you know, I'm more reliant on the Lord than I am concerned about all these crazy things that might or might not happen, you know? So. I think that's so important for the listener. I, you've said so much. I want to go back to the healing of the soul because I think that that's, very important part of our earthly journey, of course. You know, we we have this moment maybe before we know the Lord, um, and or maybe we get born again when we're little. But there's got to be a time where we don't leap over some of the pain and some of the um, struggles that we've had in our life. That we we take a moment, a time out, and we actually go back in, do some work, do some healing, face the fears understand what's going on inside of us. Why, you know, for me, I'm a survivor of, of some childhood abuse and I had to figure out why am I, uh, why am I struggling with depression? Why do I have panic attacks? I didn't want to go back and do the work, but it was important to, and I actually discovered that walking was very healing for me in the same way. So did you have, when you were walking, Janet, did you have, were you aware at the time that were you and God? I mean, were you having conversations that are just real like you and me? Were you aware at the time that he was doing some things in your heart or lifting, peeling away some things? I, I think going into it, um, I was very much centered on, on myself, my issues, um, the burdens I was feeling from in our marriage relationship, um, the, the care for children. <laughs> And they were growing. When I started prayer walking, that was the fall, just right after we delivered our second child off to college. So we had two in college, two at home. And um, the, the immense burden of all of that and feeling um, just because of my personality type, which we won't get into, I just the need to 
um, be on top of all that, to control that. Uh, and so it felt like a huge weight, mm -hmm. a huge weight. And I often felt like I was being kind of sucked down a funnel and that I could not control. And, but what prayer rocking also caused me to do is to have such a fascination with the idea that the God of this created universe wanted to spend time with me. So that made me want to begin studying his word anew. And I began going through the Bible yearly and marking all the places in the Bible with a little circle P uh, where I found a, a teaching or something or a prayer, anything related to prayer, I marked with a P in my Bible. And it began to actually focus in on the Gospels and Jesus. And I began seeing him as my personal trainer or my prayer trainer, as I call him. You know, <laughs> not only was he waiting for me to come join him in intercession for my community, but uh, inviting me into a, a study about him and his relationship with his father. You know, scripture says he had to be with his father. And so I began kind of focusing on his teachings on prayer, which are really only secondary to the teachings on eternal life and uh, the, his prayers themselves and then his prayer lifestyle, his praying mm -hmm. lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, there had to be something powerful about his life, his prayer life for the disciples to say, teach us to pray like that. Because I'm sure that right. they had the opportunity that they were taught. They were good Jewish men. They knew how to do all of those ritual prayers, I'm sure. But there's probably something very powerful about the way Jesus was praying that really made them hungry. I bet you've seen a lot of answers to prayer. And lots, lots of answers to prayer in individuals and in my community as a whole. Uh, you know, we don't live in an idyllic place, but it is a gorgeous place, you know, filled with humans with very real human needs. And, and much the way that the country is like tossing and turning right now. Mm -hmm. So is my little town. But I have seen over the last 22 years, it's almost 22 years now that I've been prayer walking, lots of answers to prayer for individuals and just a sense that God is cleaning up this place. I mean, literally and in a figurative sense as well. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, many, many going to the, the small churches in our community, uh, many, much more interest in um, a study of God's word. I have young women who are asking me, you know, Mrs. McHenry, and these are my former students, which is delightful. Mrs. McHenry, they still call me. Would you, would you lead us in a study of God's word? So we're going to be doing that, you know? And, um, and, and there's, there's just such a need. Um, the Wall Street Journal has been writing a couple different articles on prayer because prayer has, has had such a huge internet search hit in the last few months. Um, they've been writing about prayer and they're actually validating, hello, that it works. <laughs> so, um, so there is much more interest in prayer, but also in prayer walking because, uh, you know, there have been lots of articles too about, hey, get out and walk you'll get endorphins, you'll feel better. And, you know, I think if you add prayer into that mix, you've got the mix of spiritual endorphins, you know, and, and your, your high is going to last more than the next hour after you get home. So um, it is definitely good for your soul. It's also great for your community, you know, to, to get out there and to look for the needs and pray for others.
That's very holistic, isn't it? Because you're engaging your body and your soul and your spirit. And we're learning a lot about the body that we didn't know before. But, the, you know, the body, when you move it like that, it actually uh, unlocks even cellular memory and things you, you can really purge some painful things, some traumatic things. But beyond that, you're developing a relationship with Jesus. And he's becoming, sounding like, you know, as you're doing this for 22 years, but in the you're you're going deeper and deeper with God. And I'm just curious. I bet the listener is too, or those that may be watching us on YouTube. What? It, how does that prayer sound? It's got to be just as I mentioned a moment ago. It's a conversation, right? Like you and me are having, or or, or is it real? Oh God! I mean, how? What does that sound like? <laughs> it's very simple. It's very, very simple. I mean, yeah, and share that because yes. people think prayer has to be I know. Really complicated, right? And it's not. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, and actually a couple of years after I started prayer walking, um, I was encouraged to write a book and I, I did write the book Prayer Walk. But even before it got released, I was contacted by one of the editors of Health Magazine because they were intrigued with the connection between health and community, especially this particular editor. Mm -hmm. So she spent three days with me taping my prayers, you know, and talking to me about what was what I was saying, what I was doing. And, and she was a complete skeptic at that time. That does prayer even work? Does it matter? You know, um, by the end of it, she was asking me to pray for certain things for her. Mm -hmm. But one of her observations was, so it's really simple. <laughs> and, you know, I think probably she was thinking, it's actually, it, it's kind of boring. You know, as she was listening to the same things, you know, I would just ask that God would, would favor a family. And right now I'm asking for health as I pass a home, for health for those people, for financial provision for them, um, for health in their marriage and in their family and as they're parenting very simple things like that. And then I, I would just say, and God, may they know that these blessings are coming from you yes, and that they would turn their lives over to you and serve you with love. And it's just, it's kind of that over and over again, yes. unless God prompts me in a different way, which sometimes does happen. Um, sure. Because you're in tune with him, you're listening to him, and right. but you've said it a couple times now, so I want to go back to it: prayer and community. So how how does prayer change the way you think about, or feel about, or participate in your community? Uh, when you begin praying for your community, you're invested. Mm. You're invested in it, and think about when Jesus entered Jerusalem for the first time. And he has the opportunity to kind of overlook the city. And it, scripture tells us that as he looked at Jerusalem, he wept. Yes. We know of two times when he wept. First, when he, when he was in Bethany and he, was, and he saw how the two sisters were so upset that Lazarus had died. The other time as he's entering Jerusalem, he wept. And this was not because he knew he was going to the cross. Certainly he knew that. Sure. But he was weeping for all the people who had not believed that he was God on earth. He was sent that they might know who, who the father is right. and how and much he, they're loved. He said that, you know, they, they were missing their moment of visitation, right? Absolutely. So he wept over the community. So you get invested. In you, the get in, you absolutely get invested in your community. 
um, so that you, at some point, some, sometimes you might even realize, oh, I might be the answer to this prayer here. For example, my, my sister-in-law and, and my brother visited uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, we were, did some walking around town, she and I. And so I wanted to show her this little rose garden by one of the little churches in our community. And we walked in and I, at first I was kind of embarrassed because I realized, oh my gosh, it's kind of a mess, you know? And um, she, having worked at a garden center for several years, uh, later on said, you know, do you have some clippers? I think I'm just in a, in a bag. I think I just want to go over there and, and deadhead some of those roses. So that turned into <laughs> two half days of work and, and, and the two of us and then my brother joined in on the last day and, and we cleaned the whole thing out and we pruned and we raked and we swept. And uh, so you, you begin to feel like um, I'm part of this community too. Maybe I'm part of the answer to prayer for these people or this organization or Here's another idea. Um, God has recently shown me that, you know, instead of just kind of flying by and, you know, I don't stop, I don't wave my hands, I don't make a spectacle or scene. I don't want to be that person out on the street corner trying to point attention to myself. But God has been leading me to engage others in conversation as I do go along. I never say, hey, I'm praying for you. Um, I do pray for them. <laughs> but um, I, I want to help be part of one of those people helping to develop that sense of community where I live. So, um, yeah, you, you're, you're knit into your community. I believe, I believe because of that. And, and people, you know, might want to know we've lived here for 39 years. We, uh, live right on main street, our whole community is about a half a mile long. There are no stop signs going through town. There are no stoplights in our whole County. And we are about a half a mile square and uh, it takes me a couple hours. If I wanted to walk every street, it would take a couple hours or so to do that. But typically I walk about a, an hour each evening. Wow. Beautiful. Do you think, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, you know, so where your prayer goes, your heart kind of goes, you get invested. Is that why Jesus told us to pray for our enemies? Do, you know, is there any connection that he's wanting us to pray for our enemies so that our heart will turn so that there won't be yes, hatred, because, bitterness? Because the, the, the ultimate uh, objective with prayer is not so much answers. The ultimate objection is to become one with the Father. Mm. And so if we want all souls in our community to know, to have a personal relationship with him. That means everyone, as my pastor would say, what does everyone mean? It means everyone, right? It means everyone. And so his, he has many teachings. Jesus had many teachings on forgiveness, on praying for your enemies, turning the other cheek, you know, all of that, because hello, we might be spending it. <laughs> together it just doesn't make sense otherwise you know and uh, and our objective is to become one with the father yeah i say that again that's what i was going to ask for the the goal in prayer or the objective of prayer is to become one is to become to become one become one to have that conversation to have that intimacy mm -hmm. with with the father 
and um, and really, I think that really only comes through prayer, you know, through prayer, meditating on his word, you know, having that quiet time, alone time with him. And the thing is, as you do that, then more of your prayers will be answered because your heart is one with him. And so you are praying in his will. Um, so there so is that, definitely a connection. Is that like, um, is it Psalm 32 or delight your, or Proverbs 32, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. Right. Is it, it's that kind of thing where, where I'm delighting in him. I'm meditating, I'm praying, I'm talking right. to him and he puts the desire in my heart. So when I pray, I'm praying what God would have me to pray. Right. Right. You know, Jesus prayed, uh, your will be done. So not my will, but your will be done. He prayed in the Gethsemane garden. And uh, so it's, uh, you're, you lay out your heart and then you say, your will be done. You know, it, I call that the, the dichotomous two-sided coin. I wrote about that about, uh, well, about 18 years ago, <laughs> the two-sided coin prayer. You know, uh, mm -hmm. this is what I would like, yeah. but, your, but your will be done. Right. And I think that's important. And I think, you know, praying the word of God, praying, like you said, what we want to see done, ultimately, God, you're, you're sovereign and I trust you. What, what if somebody um, like myself or other women, they're listening to this, men too, I know, but they wanted to start prayer walking. What advice would you have? How, what's a good way to start this? Uh, be smart. Uh, certainly, you know, have the right equipment that you need weather-wise for your community. I, I walk well into the winter, even though we have snow. So I have when I have my walking shoes, I flip them over and look at the bottom and see if they have really good grips. Um, I actually have walking boots that I can walk in the snow. I have these rubber kind of things I can pull over my shoes are called get a grip. So, so I, if it's icy out, then I can be careful. I walk with a pole now. I got bit twice about two months ago. I've been bit by dogs several times. So now it's not like a pole with a pointer on it. I'm not going to hurt any dog, but it just keeps some distance in um, if, they're, if they approach. Um, and you want to have a good, a good set of shoes. Certainly one that you know, protects your arch and that keeps your back aligned correctly. Um, in my book, Prayer Walk, it explains you know, some people pronate, they have the tendency where their feet go inward. So you want to have a shoe that adjusts for that. Or if your feet tend to go outward, that's supination. You want, again, you want the alignment so that you don't begin to have back problems. And you want to stretch. Don't start stretch. Don't, don't stretch when your body is cold. Warm up for about five minutes and then stretch if you feel a little tight or muscly or achy. Uh, and definitely stretch when you're done. So those are some real practical things other than being safe. Um, walk facing traffic. Um, don't challenge a car. Um, you know, re wear reflective good clothes. Mm -hmm. all, those, all those kinds of good safe sorts of things. I, I tend to walk on asphalt as opposed to cement um, simply because it's easier on the joints overall. So a bunch of tips like that um, that I've got in the book too. That's wonderful. I want to, I want to get the title and the name of your book in just a second. Um, so you walk alone. Is there ever a time where you've walked with a partner or does that kind of um, change? It, I'm sure it changes it for you. It, praying it, with someone else. 
Yeah, I did have um, a long season of, of walking with some others uh, for about two days a week. I walked with a teacher friend and then the, another two days a week I walked with an older friend of mine. Uh, but at this season of my life, I, I walk on my own. I walk the hour wrapped around sunset. When I was uh, working as a high school English teacher, I got up super early and went out at five in the morning. Uh, but now I have the leisurely ability to walk, um, you know, when it's lighter out. And my husband prefers that too as well. So yeah. plus I got sprayed by a skunk once in the dark. So I'm a, I'm a little leery of those kinds of things. So you well, never know. I'm hearing that this is, there's some danger involved in this fur <laughs> walking stuff. We got to yeah. be careful, but it would, so we, you recommend those are great practical things for people and when they get started in this and then how is it good to, I mean, would you start with like an hour or did you work your way up to being able to walk mm -hmm. and pray? That's endurance and prayer, pray for an hour. Right. I, I started with about 15 minutes and then increased a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, Cause I knew that if I didn't uh, do that, that I, you know, I could get some injury and then that would not be good to be able to continue on. So uh, yeah, start out and then make sure you're stretching afterwards. Uh, if this is something new to your body. So wonderful. What keeps you going? What keeps you doing this 22 years of prayer walking? Um, the call of my life. Um, I remember that dad um, turning over his baby girl. And that image keeps me going. I know that people need God and they need our prayers. And so that keeps me and getting up and going. Yeah. Simple as it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're, um, I can see the passion in your heart and your eyes and it's just so great. It's definitely a calling from God and, mm -hmm. and it's an amazing calling. You've been very faithful. Uh, let's tell them, about the book what's your name of your book and how can they find you i've written six books on prayer uh 24 overall but the the bestseller that people know me most for is prayer walk and it's the subtitle is becoming a woman of prayer strength and discipline um there's another one people like also it's prayer streaming that's about praying without ceasing you know learning more from classic writers on prayer about how they developed a lifestyle that um, takes them, you know, through their day, you know, as opposed to just trying to stick prayer into a pocket of your time. And then um, the most recent one that I've written is the complete guide to the prayers of Jesus, uh, what Jesus prayed and how it will change your life today. Mm. I want that book. <laughs> I want them all. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. Thank you so much. Would you be willing to pray for us today Absolutely. at Simple Prayer? There may be some women listening that feel pretty discouraged. Maybe that the way you felt 22 years ago when you're like, I'm, my life feels like a mess. My soul yeah. is hurting. Mm -hmm. um, my body is not well. I need, I need to do something different. And I don't know where Absolutely. to start. Yeah. Absolutely. Father God, we just lift up um, all the, anyone listening to this right now and ask that you would just um, touch her with a, a very dear and sweet sense of your presence and your absolute unconditional love for her. May she know that right now, Father God. Mm -hmm. 
may she also know that with you, she can do all things through Christ who will give her strength and that she can pray big. She can pray big for her family. She can pray big for her marriage, her work situation, her health, the health of those she loves. Because your scripture tells us that with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible, Lord. And so to, we can pray beyond our reach and that we can know that you will honor that faith as you hear our prayers. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you so much for being with us today. I have to tell you on my mirror, I have a crayon and I've written G-H-B-P. G-H-B-P. God honors bold prayers. Awesome. <laughs> and that's what you just prayed. And so that's mm -hmm. good word. Sometimes we're just, we're not courageous enough to pray for that bold thing but god invites that prayer and absolutely thank you for leading the way in prayer it's been a great time to be with you i hope thank you'll you. join us again sometime I hope to. yeah and uh, again janet mchenry the prayer warrior and the prayer walking woman and i hope <laughs> that you guys have enjoyed this we'll see you again soon on arise esther I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit ariseester.captivate.fm. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, want to join the movement? Visit us on thearisemovement.com to get connected. And for more information about me, your freedom coach and host, visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com. Com. And while you're there, take the 60-Day Freedom Challenge. You'll be so glad you did. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.